I'll say this because like Pastor Jared, I, I don't ever want to do a sermon or a sermon series based on something other than Scripture. What, what, I, what we do like to do is use other things to help tie the Scripture into our own personal lives. And so these next few weeks, as I, as I talk about what kind of man goes along with the song that we heard, um, I want you to understand I'm not building this series, this sermons around the song, but I'm using the, the words and, and I'm using the thoughts in the song to help illustrate to us how the Word of God applies to our lives. It just so happens that I like the song and I like Southern gospel music. So, so I kind of like to start with, like Pastor Jared said, if your pastor was, what do you say, a Disney something? If your pastor was something, Walt Disney? Well, if your pastor was a Southern gospel singer, <laughs> these next few weeks would be right up his alley, okay? The title of my message this morning, and it will be for at least the next three weeks, starts with, What Kind of Man? Barabbas. We're starting there this morning. And I just want to set it up a little bit for those who may not be quite as familiar with the story. Barabbas was a criminal. Barabbas was a bad guy. Barabbas, in one part of the scripture, it even said that he was part of uh, the murders. I'll get to it. I'm setting it up. I'm setting it up. And, and so here we have Barabbas, this, this really bad guy who had already been tried and convicted. And then we have another man in the same atmosphere, the same area, that had also been before the same judge, Pilate, who Pilate had said was innocent. And so now we have the stage set. We have Barabbas, the bad guy, and we have Jesus, whom Pilate himself said was innocent. And we have them both there, and, the, and it was the time that Pilate would release one prisoner to the people. And so the stage is set. Let's get our Bibles this morning. Hold them up. Hold it up with my left hand. My right hand still don't work very good. <laughs> this is God's Word for me today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, and we'll begin at verse 15 when you have it. When you get there, everybody just shout it out. I got it. Not yet. There you go. Matthew chapter 27. They're still turning. I can hear it. I can hear it. All right. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. Matthew chapter 27. Verses 15 through 23. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who was called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, 
let him be crucified. And he said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. Lord, this morning, your word is powerful. Your word is true. Your word is for us today. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to understand the message that you have for us through the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to look at three different men this morning who played a part in in this story. And the first man I want us to see is the guilty set free. Remind you of the scripture we just read. It said, which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Can you imagine being Barabbas standing there on that day? Your hands behind your back and chains, your legs and chains, knowing that you are headed for a cross. And beside you stands a man who had done nothing wrong except for be a good guy who had done nothing wrong except for preach about the coming kingdom of God, who had done no evil, who had done no mischief, who had hurt no one, who had healed on, on the Sabbath. That was his big crime. He healed on the Sabbath. Shame on him. He preached to the poor. He fed the 5,000. That, that's his crimes against humanity. And so there you are the criminal, and there he is, the innocent. And you know how this is going to go, right? Well, yeah, right, I don't have a chance. But something happened that day. You see, even though Barabbas was the guilty one, the crowd hated Jesus so much. What does Scripture say? Because of envy. Because Jesus came with power and authority from God. The scribes and the Pharisees, they were religious people. And, and they did their religious thing. And, and, and they did this and this and this, and it seemed like they had everything right. But when Jesus came and when Jesus began to speak to them, they recognized that he was talking about them when he was saying certain things, and it made them upset. It made them angry. And they, they didn't want this Jesus to have more power and more authority than they had. And so they were so intent on getting rid of him that they were willing to let a very dangerous man back among them. Can you imagine? You know, we, we, we talk a lot of today about being safe and, and, you know, trying to get criminals off the street. And, and here, we, here they had this opportunity and this bad guy, <coughs> they chose to let him go. You see... I, I wonder, has any of you ever gotten pulled over by the police for speeding? Nobody? Nobody in here has ever done that. Okay. Um, I, Lynn might remember this. We had, I had a carload of kids, and I got pulled over by the cops for speeding. No, that was a different night. And... And so I'm pulled over, and we we had been out for pizza, okay, after church. And I had I had a little car. I think I had Mike. I know I had Mike and Linda 
and probably had to be you, Lynn. And I got pulled over right there in Keokuk, and 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 so I I get out of the car, and the cop comes over, and my best friend Mike says, "Oh, you better check the trunk. He's probably got something in there." <laughs> he says, "Can I look in your trunk?" I said, "Sure." I popped the trunk, and I, of course that was Mike. You got to understand, Mike. But I got pulled over for speeding, and I got a speeding ticket, okay? And then as I'm sitting there, I was just started dating my wife, and she wasn't with us on this particular evening, but I saw her, her car drive by. I was close to her house. I was like, oh, I hope she didn't see me get pulled over in my car. But anyway, um, so now how many times, though? That time I got a ticket, but, but I got pulled over another time out on the highway, and I got pulled over, and I was going way over the speed limit that day. And this cop pulls, I see him coming this way, and I'm going this way. And I saw him in my rearview mirror spin around. I said, I said, at least it was just me and her in the car. And this was, this was, Jared was, Jared had a football game or something. And, and we were headed back to the school from wherever it was to pick him up. And I said, oh, that's a cop. And I turned, he turned his lights on. I said, and I was going I, ne- I, I don't even speed, and for that for some reason that day I was, he pulled me over, everything okay? And I said, well, yeah, that's all right, you know. And somehow, somehow, he said, no, you just need to slow it down. I'm like, what? No ticket? I didn't argue with him. I didn't beg for a ticket or anything. I said, okay, yeah, I will. And so he let me off. And, and the two instances... Two totally different feelings when I walked away from him, right? you got to get my drift. But think about this man. He was a criminal. He was a convicted criminal. And he's standing there beside this innocent man. And then he hears the words, you're free. Are you talking to me? <laughs> Brabus, go. Can you imagine how he must have bolted out of there when they took his chains off. Can you just imagine how fast he ran to get away from that before they changed their mind? I mean, after all, do they realize what they just did? You see, Barabbas knew what he deserved. And then all of a sudden, he was free. He was scheduled to die, but now he was free. He didn't earn that freedom. He didn't go to prison and work it off making license plates or anything. They don't, even, they don't make him do that anymore. But anyway, he, he didn't do anything to earn his freedom. There was just simply somebody else there to take his place. Somebody else, somebody had to die that day. Somebody was going to pay the price. And yet, Barabbas didn't have to. He just, somebody else just simply took his place. When they said to set Barabbas free, can you imagine if it were you or me that was in Jesus' place, you would have been like, what? But Jesus stood there. Jesus didn't argue. He didn't complain. Now, nobody in here complains, so we're all right on board with Jesus there. But um, he was set free. You see, I think as we look at our lives I think each of us could see many times when we had done something to deserve punishment. 
but someone gave mercy. Someone showed us mercy when we messed up, whether maybe it was our parents, maybe it's our boss at work, we did something really stupid and they showed mercy. We could have gotten fired. Maybe it was whatever it would be, it had been somebody like a cop showed you mercy and let you go free. I think each one of us can see that there are times in our life when someone has shown us great mercy. I see another person in this story of Jesus. He's not in the song, unfortunately. But, and I, I do want to say one other thing. You're not getting out at 11 o'clock today, so don't. So, so. Uh, well, anyway, the next person I want us to see that's in this same story is in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, and the second point this morning, the first point was the guilty set free. The second point is the guilty set eternally free. Luke chapter 23, verses 39 through 43. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So now we're on the hill. Now we have three crosses in the ground. The one in the middle was supposed to be Barabbas. It wasn't. It was Jesus. But on either side of Jesus was criminals. Two more just like Barabbas. And in, in those two criminals, there was something very different going on between the two. Now in one, in one of the uh, texts, it says that both criminals were, were basically doing the same thing, but something happened in one of those criminals while he was hanging there on that cross beside Jesus. Something in his spirit began to see that there was something different about what was going on here. That something, that 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 man that was hanging beside him wasn't just another common thief. He wasn't a criminal. He he, He had no reason to be there. And something began to happen. What was different about him? What did he have to gain? He didn't know the story. He didn't know all of Jesus' prophecies. He didn't know all that Jesus had to say. He just simply began to sense there was something different. Who did he think he was? This Here was this hardened criminal. And then on that day, at the very end of his life, hours before he breathes his last breath, he has the gall to ask Jesus to forgive him of his sin. He had the nerve to say, Jesus, I want to be with you. He didn't deserve that. What kind of right did he have to ask for that at this point? He wasn't looking at Jesus. You know, Jesus is hanging there on the cross, blood streaming down his face, his his body beaten and and bloody, and, and he didn't look like a victorious warrior. 
He didn't look like somebody that could save him from anything, but yet this man sensed something in his spirit that said, this is the genuine thing. He really is God. He really is the Savior of the world. If you and I were looking at Jesus, we might think, well, what can He do? He's hanging here just like we are. He doesn't offer me any hope. But something happened in that criminal that day that changed everything. You wonder what kind of forgiveness and love could be displayed in this circumstance. Could there be a hope beyond the mess that he had made of his life? See, he recognized and as he was talking to the other criminal, he said, don't you realize we are getting what we deserve? Don't you understand that we deserved every stripe that we had? We deserved the nails. We deserved the beating. We deserve it all. But this man has done nothing. And he recognized that. And he had to imagine, or we have to imagine this morning that Maybe he just looked over at Jesus and those eyes of Jesus looked back. Can you imagine? Just, just, just close your eyes for a second. Just, I just want you to picture Jesus right now just turning his head to you and looking straight into your eyes. How does that make you feel? That loving Jesus, the one who died for you right now is looking into your eyes. I think maybe that's what happened on that day. Those eyes of compassion and those eyes of love turned to that criminal and looked him straight in the eye. And something happened. There was an acknowledgement that this wasn't a mere man. The acknowledgement that this man hanging beside him wasn't like him at all. But there was something different. Verse 42 that we read, it says this, And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. You see, in one simple sentence, he received the freedom Jesus came to bring. In one simple phrase, it all changed. In just about, what, seven or eight words, the destiny of this man for eternity changed. You say, Pastor, can it be that simple? Well, I believe salvation is that simple. Do I believe there's a lot that goes on afterwards? Yes, I do. Do I believe there's, we have to maintain it? Do we have to keep doing, we have to keep trusting the Lord? We can, yeah, I do. But this man didn't have that much time, did he? And so I believe in those moments when he just simply turned to Jesus, he didn't, he didn't, do any say, well, Jesus, you, I'm, I'm going to ask you to forgive me, and then can you just get us down off of here? He didn't ask anything of Jesus that, that could save him from his fate. He just simply said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, that's all it takes. Today you will be with me. Jesus admitted, you and I are both about to die. Today you will be with me in paradise. This morning, you and I can experience that same eternal freedom. 
You see, we, we sometimes look at ourselves and we think, well, you know, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't robbed a bank. I don't even lie. Well, not except for the white ones, which there isn't any such a thing. But anyway, I'm not, that's not where I, I'm just such a good person. I, uh, I love good people. A lot of them just need to get saved. My dad was a good person for a long time. He just needed salvation. I've known a lot of people that are good people, but they need Jesus. Because being good doesn't get us into heaven. This criminal didn't have a chance to be good. He didn't have a chance to say, well, you know, I'm going to go back and, and, and I'm going to do this and this and this and I'm going to make all my, you know, bad things good. He didn't have that opportunity. He simply had the opportunity to ask Jesus for forgiveness. He took that opportunity, and that's all it took. So this morning, I want to remind you that it's not about being good. It's not about what you can do for anybody. Now, you're supposed to do good. The Bible, yeah, I know. The Bible says we're supposed to do good, and that's not today's message. We are. We're supposed to work hard. We're supposed to be good. We're supposed to do all kinds of good works. Yes, but that doesn't gain our salvation. We do those because we're saved. If you're a Christian and you aren't doing good works, shame on you. But good works isn't what makes you a Christian. I would never tell anyone in here they're not a good person. Well, no, no, none of you. Uh, but that's not going to get you to heaven. You know, I've talked to a, this, this last month, I've talked to a lot of people that are facing death. Talked to a lot of people about their spiritual eternity. I've laid a lot of, I've laid a lot of stuff out there for a lot of people, and I'm not afraid to let them know that it's just not about being good. But I love the testimonies I'm hearing about people that have said, well, I've asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I've asked Jesus into my life. I love that testimony. And, and I love that when I can see it on their face, it's not just words that they're saying, but it's, it's a life change that they've made. And I believe on that day, I don't know what happened, what changes that, that happened on that thief hanging on the cross beside Jesus. I don't know what, but I believe that he probably... His face probably changed. I believe there's probably something inside of him that hope had a hope, not that he was going to get off that cross, but a hope that when I close my eyes, something much better is going to take place. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 10.13, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. You see, there were two criminals hanging that day beside Jesus. And those two had two very different outcomes in eternity. They both had the opportunity to give their lives to Christ. One chose to, one didn't. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I told you there was three people in this story that I wanted to talk about this morning, that third one. Point number three, the innocent pays the price. 
Now, oh, that one needs to go to the slaughterhouse. The innocent pays a price. You can't make this stuff up. So, if if you remember, in the Old Testament, an innocent animal. Thank you, Jared. An, in, an innocent animal had to pay the price for somebody's sin, right? When somebody sinned, they had to go find an animal and they had to slaughter it, and then that, that blood pacified for their sin. Didn't wash it away like Jesus' blood did, but it pacified for that person's sin. And so as, as we see this morning, there's innocent paying the price for the guilty. We are so fortunate today to understand and to realize that somebody stepped up to the plate when we couldn't. There's an old song we used to sing, he paid a debt I could not, he, I owed a debt I could not pay, he paid a debt he did not owe. I can't, I messed that up, but you get the idea. You see, so I ask you, what kind of man is this? What kind of man would look at you and would look at me and say, you are worthy of me going to the cross. I love you so much that I'm going... And, and you look at yourself this morning, and like I say, I'm not saying you're a murderer or a thief or a, a liar or, or any of those things, but I ask you, do you deserve Jesus dying for you? Because I don't. I don't deserve Jesus paying the price for me. I don't deserve Him taking the stripes on His back or the, thor or the, the nails in His hands and the feet or the thorns on His head. I don't deserve even one of those, let alone the whole thing. I've never killed anybody. I've tried to be a good person, but I have messed up so many times. But Jesus simply paid the price and He said, whosoever will may come. What kind of man is this that he would stand there beside Pilate and allow Barabbas to go free without a word? Without an argument? Without a, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing? You're Pilate, you already told me I was innocent. You already told me that I hadn't done anything. He simply stood in the gap and took his place on that day. What kind of man would do that? You see, and then we, we think physical death is only part of the equation because much more severe than physical death is spiritual death. And we see Jesus' most important thing when He came to this earth wasn't so we'd be safe and wasn't so we'd have everything we need and wasn't so we'd have a nice church to go to, and wasn't so we'd have good friends and a nice family and good food to eat. No. The reason Jesus came to this earth was so that we could have an eternal home with Him. The reason Jesus came and paid the price for you and for me is so that we could have eternal salvation. And so we need to understand it's up to us. Jesus has done everything He could. As Jesus hung on the cross that day, there was nothing further He could do for that thief on the cross. 
There was no way he could make his life good. There was no way he could, he could, he could do, he, that wasn't happening. But what he could offer was an eternity free of that pain. An eternity free of all the things that that, that, that thief was going to be suffer if he didn't accept Christ. More important than the physical death is the eternal death that this man faced without Christ. What kind of man would simply look over at a criminal and say, I'm going to give you mercy. You've asked for it. I'm going to give it to you. In his dying moments on the cross, instead of worrying about the kind of pain and anguish he was in, he was able to help one more soul in eternity, get into eternity before he closed his eyes in death. What kind of man? What kind of man would do that? What kind of man would pay the price for you and for me? What kind of man, an innocent man, would say, I'm innocent, you're guilty, but guess what? I'm willing to pay the price for you. Luke chapter 23, verse 43. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. What kind of man? That kind of man. I tell you, it's Jesus who willingly paid the price for you and for me. So this morning... Think about your life. Think about the times when undeservedly somebody has shown you mercy throughout the course of your life and realize that doesn't even touch what Jesus did for you. That isn't even the tip of the iceberg of what Jesus did for you on that cross. Would you bow your heads this morning? Lord, this morning as we prepare for the final moments of this service, I, I just ask, Lord, that you would stir our hearts. Lord, more, more than an emotional stir, but Lord, stir our hearts to recognize what you have done for us. The guilty set free. And help us to realize this morning, Lord, that if we have sin in our life, that today you will set us free from that sin. That because of the price that you have paid, we can gain freedom, eternal freedom from our sin. That's the kind of man that we're talking about, Lord. It's you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, I just simply ask you, do you need that man, Jesus Christ, to forgive you of your sin today? Do you need that man, that kind of man that would suffer and bleed and die, but in those final moments just simply reach out and say, yes, today you will be with me in paradise. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would there be one this morning that would say, Pastor, I... I just, I just want you to pray with me that I, I would allow the Lord to just wash away that sin in my life.
I recognize this morning that I'm, I'm that guilty person that you're talking about. And I recognize that that innocent person paid the price for me. And today I want to accept that. Would there be one here this morning that would say, Pastor, that's me? Lord, this morning, I thank you for your word. And, and God, in, in the hearts and the lives of each one of us today, I recognize that we have all come to that place in our life where we have had to submit to you. And Lord, no hands were raised this morning. So I, 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 I thank you that people have, have accepted that price that you have paid. But Lord, may it go beyond this service today. May we each and every day recognize that you, the innocent, have paid the price for us, the guilty. We are set free. Help us to live as people that have been set free by your saving grace. Help us not to go back to the life that we lived before. Help us not to go back to the same old things that drug us down before because we have been set free. And your word says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Lord, may we live in that freedom and may we bring others into that freedom as we allow your light to shine in us and through us this week. So Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.